Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, or should I say good evening, rather, and welcome to another episode of my lovely little place in the world we call Sin's Chat Corner. Before we start off with any of the other uh, local information and news that I have for you, I want to just make a mental note here to let everyone know that my last episode, which was on Wednesday of this week, we had interviewed Kristen Flores. Uh, She's actually the CEO and founder of the Feel Good Film Festival. And if you happen to listen the other night, you know that the actual festival itself started August 3rd, which is today, and it actually runs up until August 5th, which is on Sunday. In my discussions with her, uh, as I understand it, you're still able to go to the box office at the theater, purchase tickets directly from their theater box office, if you'd like, and they are not sold out as of yet. Again, just to reiterate, the all-access weekend pass is $100, and then they also have the actual day pass for an entire day, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, $50. In addition to which, if you wish to go to the separate screenings, i.e. meaning if you just wish to see one or two of the movies, you can pay for tickets to see individual screenings if that's your preference. Um, If you go onto my show page, which is on, of course, Blog Talk Radio, and you actually go and type in the Sins Chat Corner, go to my archived episodes, you're going to find that that's actually currently available. Also, sometime over the course of this weekend, I will be going in and actually taking that episode and putting it off onto YouTube. So it will actually be getting national exposure in the hopes, of course, that this will be a successful uh, film festival for her. As I mentioned, it begins today in Los Angeles. Uh, There's also a website if any of you are listening from the California area and wish to check out all the details. That can be located at www.fgff.org. In addition to which, uh, there is also a website, or excuse me, a Facebook page called Feel Good. Uh, You can go ahead and check that out. That is the actual founder's page, if I'm not mistaken. You can get linked into their events. Um, In addition to the festival, find out when you can do submissions to be in the festival, etc. So definitely get connected on Facebook with that. Um, Today it's my pleasure, within the next 10 minutes or so, we're going to be speaking with Sandra Anderson. She actually is the um, operator of Poison Productions. She is actually both starring in and is also the creator of what we call a style reality show. Now, it's interesting about the show in that it's the first of its kind because it is completely all-Asian casted type reality show. So my feeling is it's going to be proven to be a very exciting interview, in addition to which I find it just fascinating that a woman of this ethnicity, per se, is going to go out and make a reality show. Um, kind of, it's just, it's interesting. I've watched, actually, uh, the pilot episode just to get a feel for what it was like, and I, I found it to be very entertaining. So definitely, we'll get some great information. We'll find out about the show, and you know, we'll get to find a way for you to be able to get linked into listening or watching it. In addition to which, in case I forgot to mention it the other day, um, everyone, uh, we all know in the state of Wisconsin that Wisconsin State Fair has just started. Um, I have to just reiterate that I have a bunch of wonderful musician friends which are playing. My sister, who is Annie B. and the Vagabond Company, will be there. Uh, Eric Barbieria, the Barbies, is going to be playing. Carl Weinberg, who currently is in the band The Itch, will be there. In addition to my favorite, which is Tracy Hanneman, who is lead singer of the Eddie Butts Band. Uh, Definitely. Tons and tons of live music options in addition to wonderful food. Just absolute wonderful time. www.wistayfair.com for those of you who don't know how to get in contact with that. 
I also want to mention something that I found out about today, actually. I didn't know that there was a weekly Friday event that goes on. I believe it's a month long, so four Fridays. Uh, it's called the ja- excuse me, Jamming in Janesville event, which is actually this weekend. It just started today. Um, this very talented man by the name of E-Rock, who actually is the lead singer of the Black Frog Band in Milwaukee, he'll be forming, excuse me today, he'll be performing live out at the event, in addition to both the Charles Walker Band, which, if I'm not mistaken, started at 5 o'clock today, and also Liam Ford. You can catch him outside at one of the tents at 7 o'clock this evening. I'm going to be there as well this evening just to hang out and um, check out some good live music. So definitely, if you're in the neighborhood, please feel free to stop by and say hello. Last of all, I uh, just wanted to bring to everyone's attention that I very recently opted to become the chairperson for an entire fundraiser that's going to be in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. This fundraiser is being held for the benefit of breast cancer. There's an individual that I was very fortunate to connect with. Um, She happens to be one of the mob wives on the current show that's running on VH1, which is Mob Wives of Chicago. Unfortunately, her mother has been struck with breast cancer, and uh, I reached out to her, and very graciously she has agreed to participate in this fundraising event with myself. Um, The date is to be determined, which hopefully we'll be doing this week, in addition to which as well as location, etc. The reason I'm reaching out to my listeners right now is I just need just a load of different volunteers. I'm looking for all sorts of different vendors who wish to work the event. I'll be needing the help of a photographer, of course, to be taking photos and to be on the uh, step and repeat red carpet event, obviously. Uh, individual businesses that may wish to donate all sorts of different silent auction au- auction items, as well as just individuals who might be interested in this idea. Um, I've heard in the past that there's been great success for particular fundraisers by doing what they call a charity date auction. So I'm entertaining the idea of finding two gentlemen as well as two ladies in the Milwaukee area, obviously single, and then we would basically be auctioning them off at the event itself. And all of the proceeds from the date auction, of course, will go to benefit the breast cancer fundraising event we're having. Um, Now, if you happen to know anyone who might be interested in participating in this, I can be reached in a number of ways. Uh, My email address directly is cin4251 at gmail.com. I can be reached via Twitter, and my handle there is at sandb111. In addition to which, I also have a Facebook page, which is my personal page, Cindy, the last name, M-I-C-H. Also, you can reach me on my Facebook page for the show, which is Sin's Chat Corner. And finally, if I'm not mistaken, there is the opportunity to leave me a message directly on my show page here at Blog Talk Radio. So certainly, if you've got LinkedIn to me here, feel free to leave me a message on this show as you're listening today or in my chat room. Finally, I also have my profile on the linked network profile. Um, those of you who are familiar with the linked Uh, You can certainly find me there under my regular name, obviously. So definitely, any volunteers, any suggestions for a venue, uh, any particular organizations that might be willing to help, I'm certainly open to any ideas. Uh, Chairing a fundraiser is immeasurably rewarding, but it is certainly uh, an enormous endeavor, and I could appreciate any and all help that anyone is willing to give me in this regard. Um, As we only have just a few minutes, of course, this evening before we have our very special guest on air tonight, I thought it might behoove me to just come across two particular topics in the news today that I thought might just be a little interesting to talk about. 
the first of which was, I happened to be on the Internet just uh, researching our current guest today, and I came to find out that apparently the IRS is currently reported as of, I believe, this year. They are predicting that we could have in excess over the course of five years $21 billion in fraudulent tax refunds that are actually given away to individuals. Now, I did a little bit of research in reference to this subject, and what I found out was this happens to be prevalent, ironically, in the state of Florida, um, more specifically Tampa and Miami. For instance, I did a breakdown of both of them. Um, as far as it relates to Florida, there was a total of 160,000 tax returns that were fraudulent that were filed, which equates to basically $740 million that is getting distributed to individuals who are committing identity theft. Even closer to our own home neighborhood here in Chicago, 765 returns that were fraudulent that were filed, $900,000 in illegal funds that are being distributed out to people. Apparently what happens is, is that a tax thief will take a taxpayer's identification, then they'll send a file, which is a tax return, of course, and then, of course, the funds come back to this particular individual. In some instances, with the research that I did, they would have five to ten tax returns coming from the exact same address going to the IRS for filing. So what I found so strange about this is I thought to myself, if you have an auditor in the IRS office, how is it possible that no one would notice that you have a tax return from the exact same address five different places, five different times? It just didn't make any sense to me, obviously. The IRS has indicated that they have had a tremendous struggle as it relates to trying to get a control on identity theft as a whole. And uh, part of the problem that they're finding is, is that the IRS will allow you to have multiple direct deposits to the same account. So basically, you can keep getting money in there over and over and over, which A, obviously makes it harder to track where these funds have gone and how illegal it's become. Now, I understand that the IRS has been trying to push for new legislation on Capitol Hill as far as relating to making it more difficult for individuals to try to, to uh, become tax thieves, if you will. I guess my whole take on the thing is this. I, you know, Obviously, with all the checks and balances that they have with the system, meaning you can go and you can e-file on there, you have to go ahead and um, sign an electronic return, obviously. I think that they have enough checks and balances, and they audit enough individuals to where I just find it astronomically insane that millions and millions and millions of dollars are going to perfect strangers who break the law. And the IRS claims that there's very little that they can do to either track down the culprit, and in addition to which, they've gone on record to actually indicate that it's almost impossible for them to get the funds back once the individual is actually collected. Again, maybe I'm just a village idiot here, but clearly if someone goes to a bank and they're trying to cash a check and the IRS has detected that it's a thief, wouldn't you think that the IRS would put a hold on the funds or cancel the check? I mean, obviously, if you have your own individual bank account and you see that someone has stolen from you, are you just going to let them steal the funds from you without tracking them down or putting a hold on it? I guess my feeling is, is if you have an IRS organization, which is absolutely huge, and they're one of a federal government organizations, there's just really no room for me in my regard as it relates to, you know, minor mistakes are one thing. When you're talking to the tune of $740 million, that's just piss poor work on my part as it relates to what I think. 
Again, I always open up to my audience to ask them questions uh, to any and all of my topics of discussion. So certainly, maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe somebody has gone through this experience that you'd like to share with us on air as far as letting us know, you know, somebody took your identity, how it affected your life, how did they track it down, um, what is your feeling, I mean, what do you feel the IRS should be doing to protect individuals out there so that there isn't this excessive tax thievery going on. So let me know your thoughts. Chat box is open, obviously. You can certainly, as I mentioned before, you know all of my ways to reach me. Feel free to drop me an email. Kind of let me know what you think. I'd be interested to hear from you. Um, last couple of minutes here, I find this to be rather interesting. Most of my friends really actually found it funny, so we'll kind of see what my audience thinks of this. Today I found out that the company, and we all know and have heard of, uh, Skittles, and they produce, obviously, candy, Skittles Candy Company. They happen to decide that one of their new marketing strategies might be to come up with a new and innovative commercial. So I thought to myself, all right, I'm going to go ahead and click on this and go onto YouTube and see what it's all about. So I go on there today, and I watch this commercial, and I'm wondering to myself what all the hoopla is about, because apparently someone indicated that there's some huge controversy that Skittles can't go out and make this offensive commercial. So, of course, that almost begs me to say, all right, let's get tuned in here and try to find out what's going on. So I go onto YouTube, and I play this, and I have to admit that I'd be the first one to say, instead of laughing, my jaw just physically dropped to the ground. And I thought, oh, my God, how could they possibly allow this to be aired anywhere, whether it's television, YouTube, etc.? I'll give you the premise of the commercial, which is it starts off where you have a woman sitting on a couch, and she is literally sitting on a couch, and she is kissing, as you would a male, per se, a walrus. They're sitting on a couch. This woman is necking with this walrus, playing kissy face with him. Someone knocks on the door and walks in. It's a female holding a bag of groceries. And as she's standing there, she looks over at her girlfriend and she says to her, Hey, what are you doing kissing my boyfriend? And she says, This is not your boyfriend. This is someone else. And she said, We were just trying out these new Skittles. It indicates how you can't really tell the flavor of a Skittle by just looking at it, and it's kind of deceiving. And so she kind of playfully is actually feeding the walrus. And at the end of the commercial, you just see them proceed to continue to keep kissing. Now, uh, obviously, the one thing that most people have been complaining about is this kind of just begs to say you're condoning bestiality. Now, I can kind of see their point. I mean, do they, are they taking it to an extreme? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't exactly call this an actual porn bestiality commercial. What I would say is it's asinine. You're sitting here watching a full-grown woman kissing an animal and having another woman walk in, inferring that it's her boyfriend. It's just asinine. A, it makes no sense. Marketing-wise, I don't think it makes any sense. Second of all, I don't think it's going to market their product very well at all because there's so much controversy involved with it. Third of all, um, this isn't like kissing your dog. I mean, you walk up and you give a little peck on your dog or your cat or whatever form of animal you own. You don't make out with your animals. And moreover, what does that have to do with Skittles? Absolutely nothing. It's stupid, ridiculous, and annoying. <laughs> I know that might sound a little harsh to you all, but I thought to myself, I, I just, I, I just, my jaw dropped when I sat there looking at this and thinking, is this really what the community's gotten into now? In order for us to sell a candy product, we have to put full-grown adults on TV and they're making out with animals. I just, you know, I guess if I was such a, a firm believer in the in the uh, beliefs of bestiality, etc., I suppose I myself would be doing an editorial since I'm a writer and that's typically what we do when we have objection to something. 
But I say to myself, all this does is present itself to be a poor excuse me, poor misrepresentation of the Skittles Candy Company. Thereby, I say to myself, if you're going to pose such a ridiculous and asinine marketing product, your product must not be that terrific, in which case my personal feeling would be I'm just going to ignore it. I'm not even going to bother buying it. Again, I'm open to your thoughts and feelings. Please feel free to give me a call on the chat line here. Feel free to leave me a message. Let me know your thoughts on it. And definitely let me know when you check it out. I think I'd be curious to see if everyone kind of feels the same way as it relates to the bestiality. So now let's get Sonia on the line and let's get going with our interview. Hello, it's in the corner. Hi there. Hi. This must be my – oh, I am so excited to have you on air, dear. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me. Oh, yes. Sandra, it is, I have just, I have to tell my audience that we have been trying to kind of patch together our time here carefully to try to get together to have this interview. So it was just, <laughs> yes. I've just been overwhelmed. You've been overwhelmed. So it's very exciting that we can kind of touch base here together and let my audience kind of get a feel for what your show's like, kind of give them a look at who you are. Um, I'm just, I'm very curious. So I have tons of questions for you. Oh, wonderful. Um, I am great. ready for cool. you. Wonderful. All right. Very first question. Um, as I understand it, which I didn't know until today, actually, you not only are the producer of the show, but you're also actually starring in the show, uh, which I understand is based in New York. Now, I found it fascinating that you were able to establish this dynamic of having an all-Asian cast in a show to kind of showcase their rise to success. So if right. you could... Um, Explain to us the various stages of how this developed from being an idea on paper to an actual successful project. Well, it actually started with my husband and I, I would say the end of 2011, we were watching another reality show, and it's actually called Love and Hip Hop. And we thought it was really interesting, and it you know, had a really good storyline, you know, a storyline, and it had um, drama and everything in it. And I kind of thought, you know, with all the reality shows out there, there there are subjects about everything and anything. Mm-hmm. But then I thought, you know, there aren't any with any Asian cast. They're not portraying any Asians in their cast or about them. And when you have a show that's called Hillbilly Hand Fishing, and there's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I said, right. there are shows about everything and everyone but there aren't any about Asian Americans. And and my husband thought, you know what, we need to really, what we should really do is showcase Asian entertainers trying to make it in the entertainment business, especially here in mm-hmm. New York City. And mm-hmm. so he came up with the concept. I kind of came up with the basis of the idea, but he came up with the concept. And when we started casting everybody, we we didn't have any idea how bad it really was. And the casting, all the different people that we met, they they went through their stories of how America has stereotyped us so bad that mm-hmm. we haven't been given a chance, we haven't had any roles written for us by Hollywood, and we haven't been given a chance in the music industry as well to reach the billboards. And like one of the cast members says, African Americans and Latinos, Mexicans, Caucasians, they're not minority. Right. We are now. Um sure. I mean at one time, you know, like twenty years ago, African Americans and Latinos were thought to be minorities. They're not. Not anymore. 
and now it's Asian Americans that are. But what's really surprising is Asians are the second highest buying power, not in just the nation, but the world. And over the next year or two, it's perceived that we're going to become the first, the highest buying power. And yet we're not used in any advertisements or let's take sewing, for example, you know, that's owned by Japan. How come they don't have an Asian artist here in America? Right. And these are all legitimate questions that a lot of us feel and have the passion for as to why we are put on a back burner. How come we're always cast for the Chinese delivery board or the little store owner with broken English when really Asian Americans, we're not like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been very frustrating casting for this show because Mm -hmm. even though there's a lot of Asians who have the same desire, they don't get it. They don't get what it takes to actually make it. Sure. And um, it's it's been really frustrating. We've gone through a lot of different castings. We've recast quite a, mm-hmm. a, you know quite a few times, and it's hard finding the right people who understand what it takes to make it because a lot of them come from traditional backgrounds, and those I traditional backgrounds say you need to be a doctor, you need to be a lawyer. Um, you need to go to college and, you know, especially within the Asian culture, it's important for that and that's what's safe. Right. So there's very few who are willing to take the gamble. So it, it's been it's been difficult, but it's been exciting and it's definitely been a learning process. Sure. Wow. I guess, and, and for me, just, you know, obviously not being of an Asian descent and just listening to this, I say to myself, wow, that must be, I understand the challenges of it, you know, when being raised in that sort of environment, it's like being a Catholic like myself, and then you all of a sudden become Protestant. It's like, right. I don't know what this is like. It's a whole different sort of uh, thing. I can only imagine that. My goodness. You've got quite the handful here, don't you, my lady? Yes. My goodness. <laughs> um, yes, but okay. it's been... It's been illuminating even for me because I was adopted and raised by American family. Right. So we're just going to talk about that. Yes. Um, I was just going to ask you about that. For myself personally, in looking at that, because you grew up in Minnesota, as I understand it, American family, That's growing right. up in Minnesota, um, yeah. can you tell us maybe the challenges of that posed as it relates, obviously, you having a Korean background, you living with an American family. Did you find it, was it, at times a lot more challenging as compared to rewarding or how, what was that what was that whole experience like it was not rewarding at all um for one uh where we lived everywhere we lived was predominantly white so as a child i was basically the only asian that i you know i had never seen any other asians let alone koreans and um i was teased i remember being teased as a child because i looked different i had slanted eyes um, you know, I my English when I when I was adopted, I was two and a half, so I was fluent in Korean. So my English, my learning curve was much slower in elementary school. And um, my mom decided to hold me back and homeschool me, and really focus on English. Well, I can tell you that my English in high school, I was student of the month, I was in advanced classes, so it helped. However, there was a lot of abuse in that situation, and um, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth as far as, um, you know, the 
the family that raised me. But as I grew older and as I became prettier, I realized that Asian females, is you know, just pretty Asian females were somewhat sought after and sexualized and mm-hmm. fantasized about. And it was a different, it was a whole different world for me as I grew into my early 20s and found not just Caucasian men, but but uh, Latino men and African-American men and even Indian men. And I just, I couldn't believe all these different races wanting and not having any type of racism towards Asian females. Now, growing up in predominant white, you know, in a white uh, family and in white communities, I actually myself became very racist. I I couldn't stand African-American people. Um, I couldn't stand Mexicans. But when I came to New York and I fell in love with actually an African-American man and some of my the best people that I met were Mexican and I found for myself it's just skin color and I was totally right. wrong. And in the communities that I lived who were also racist, I thought, you know what? They have no idea. It's called ignorance and they have absolutely no idea. We're all humans and it's just, I can't believe how wrong I was and how colorblind I was. Mm-hmm. And my whole perception has changed. And because of that, now I realize, you know what, I'm Asian and the stereotypes and the racism is still there. It's still very much there and it's there for Asian Americans as well. That's just shameful. It really is shameful. And I guess I'm wondering now that you're sharing that with us now as a grown woman, obviously, and embarking on your various endeavors, um, has your family been supportive at all to them or encouraging or been a part of it at all? They haven't. I I have not had any contact with them uh, since I left Minnesota just because that's it's a very bad path. Like I said, there was a lot of abuse. And I, I decided to let go and just not have anything to do with them. So um, I've been doing this basically just with my husband and the support of um, a few of the cast members and um, someone who's recently come on board who has actually been nominated for eight Emmys, and she's from Korean descent as well. And uh, I cannot disclose her name right now, um, but she's been a huge help so far, and she's she's a great addition to the show. Great. Wonderful. I'll tell you, that was very inspiring, and I, I admire your courage very much, actually. It's endearing mm-hmm. just, to, just to see a strong, successful, intelligent woman overcome things such as that. It, it just amazes me. It just overwhelms me. So kudos to you yeah. again, of course. Thank you um, I wanted to say... One of the interviews that I had read about you, I know you had stated that you wished to produce a show that was both tasteful and respectful to the first-generation yes. Asians. Yes. Um, is this your feeling? Do you think that you've accomplished that set goal in this project? And if, if that's the case, in what ways do you think? I definitely believe that because we aren't showing... There's There's one show that... Um, we kind of reached out to and we're hoping to collaborate with, but mm-hmm. they're they're on the 
the uh, West Coast, and I, I don't want to really say their name, but everybody who's seen their episodes has said, oh, my gosh, they're so trashy, they're a disgrace to the Asians, especially to the Koreans. And we definitely, from the get-go, wanted to make sure that we weren't creating a show that was trashy. And the reason I say that is because we're following legitimate people who are legitimately struggling within the entertainment career, um, being fitness models, um, bodybuilders, actors, singers, dancers. Um, We're going to show them in their struggles and, of course, there's going to be drama within that, but it's the drama that's created within the industry, whether it be sleazy photographers, um, wardrobe malfunctions and fashion shows, uh, maybe some, even some interaction within the cast members, some romance that, sh- that may have tried to begin or didn't happen. Um, and it's all done, yes, very tastefully. It's not showing them all getting drunk and just, being disrespectful, it's showing that, you know what, it, there's a lot of hard work that goes into this career that people don't know about behind the doors. They don't know about right. the backstage struggles. They, You know, it isn't like um, a top model where it shows them getting out of a limo and living in this great big luxury uh, condo or house. It shows the nitty-gritty dirt of these models having to go uh, walk in their six-inch heels uh, on a rainy day, you know, and riding the subway, and it's showing these, especially the Asians, being turned down because they don't have the look that maybe, you know, a a uh, you know, maybe they're looking for African American or Caucasian, and they're not, they don't have what, you know, the Asian, they don't want that Asian look, and it's going right. to show that. You know, for a lot of these roles, maybe even for acting even, um, it's how they're stereotyped and how they're cast into these um, low, uh, you know, like I said, Chinese delivery boy role where they could easily have, they easily have the talent and they could easily be cast for a leading role but aren't really given that chance because maybe the screenplay writer portrayed a Caucasian for that role. And it's right. it's gonna show all that, but yet it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but yet done in taste. Wonderful. Oh my goodness gracious. Very well put. And I agree with you. I think you've definitely set your goal high and you've actually met your goal. And I think that's actually admirable as well. I can't say enough about you. <laughs> and we're not even <laughs> done yet. You. Moving along. <laughs> um I found it rather interesting that the A style reality show is currently directed by your husband, which is also known as Lorenzo Anderson Productions, as I understand it. Um, I'd like to inquire maybe as just for those of us who don't know, the types of work that his production company creates in addition to this project. Well, he is a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to entertainment. Okay. He has, um, he started actually as a music producer. He got a taste in the music industry, and that's his love. That's, That's his passion. And okay. um, and he's actually produced songs that it's it's a collector's item now and it's selling on eBay or other various music um, uh, places for like seventy over seventy dollars. Um, a song that he was on and he produced and created. And um, at one time he you know he, that, so that's that's kind of how he started in the entertainment world. And okay. 
he progressed from there and um, wrote a whole screenplay about basically it's kind of it's I would say ninety percent reality um, and only a very small portion of it is fiction and okay. And then he decided to write it into a trilogy, and it's it's very interesting. It's it's a feature film, and uh, he just got it into into um, paid the SAG fee and did all the paperwork for SAG, so it's going to be a SAG indie oh. film. Um, okay. And I've done I've done the you know some casting for that, and um, that's been put on hold because we decided we're going to look for investors for the film. Okay. And on top of that, he does. Music videos, you know, music videos, and um, just a lot of different other. He's, you know, director. Um, he's done some videography. He's really great at editing. So, like I said, he's very talented when it comes to anything that has to do with the entertainment industry. Gotcha. And of course, I'm assuming. Forgive me because I did not find this. Is there? Does he have a particular website for his company or ways if people are interested to read up on him? Um, he does. It's kind of a work in progress right now, and it's LorenzoAnderson.com, uh, actually. Okay. Wonderful. Just want to let the audience know that in case you are all interested and kind of see the other half of Sandra, feel free to look at that, obviously. Um, I myself, I would have to say you appear to have quite the oppressive resume in that, obviously, besides the current show, I know that you've also co-produced the film Platinum Dreams, and I know that you were representing the uh, Japanese recording artists. Now you got to help me out because I don't know. I want to say Toki. Does that is that right? Uh, Toki, babe. Um, she's there you go. Actually, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't want to um, screw that one up because I'm like, whew. No, that's okay. There's there have actually been changes, and um, she's not. We actually have someone new on the cast, and her name okay. is Cassandra, and she's actually Korean. Um, okay. Part mixed. She's Korean, um, part German, and uh, she's actually a recording artist. And I'm trying to convince my husband to work with her and produce a song with her and uh, do a music video for her because um, I do feel like she does have talent. She does have, I mean, she's gorgeous, um, but he's kind of iffy on whether she's as dedicated as he wants her to be. So we're going to see how that pans out. And you can definitely see what happens, you know, through that on the A-style when we start um, the episodes on that. Um, now, however, Toki Babe, uh, she was was part of the cast. Um, but as since, she's kind of dropped out herself because okay. she's really wanted to focus on her, her dancing and she's not quite sure if, you know, and she's, you know, her mother is um, visiting from Japan and everything. And I think that she's just focusing on her dancing right now and just, doesn't really have the time or the motivation that we wanted as far as a singing career. We really wanted to push her and to start on it. We really wanted to make her the center of the stage. But okay. when you don't have the passion on the other part, it's you know it's it's a two way street. So sure, certainly I understand that. Um, curious, uh, how did you get involved with the actual film Platinum Dreams? How did that all come about? Well. My husband, you know, that, like I said, that's his baby in progress. Right. Um, he needed help, and I thought it would be fun uh, doing the casting for this. I had no experience in the entertainment world until I met him. And right. 
he showed me the ropes. He showed me what needed to be done. Uh, he had done passings before, obviously, and um, I just basically, I guess you could say in the beginning I was the assistant, and then towards the middle and the end I became the casting director, and it is not an easy feat. So, <laughs> Sure. Um, no, I can imagine that. I, that's why I'd ask that because, you know, I've come across other interviewees where they've got this dynamic with the husband and wife, and sometimes husband mm-hmm. and wife are like, this is my baby, this is your baby, I do this, you do this. So it's kind of an interesting right. dynamic that you're kind of yeah. working together and collaborating. I think it's wonderful, really. It, it, let me tell you, we do butt heads sometimes. In fact, <laughs> I get so mad at him that I just want to quit. Really? And, um, okay. <laughs> but but that's there are times... Though. Yeah. Right, but that Definitely. goes with every marriage. So, I mean, if you have a marriage, you live together, and you work together, you're going to butt oh. heads. There's going to be problems. <laughs> so. Man, I'm giving you even more credit right now. Goodness gracious, that's like a 24-7 <laughs> husband, isn't it? Wow. It is, yeah. So oh you, you have to learn when to shut it off and when. But uh, Definitely. We've, we've gotten really good at being able to handle each other. So. Ah, I got it. Okay, um, got it. It, it's a lot of fun, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade him or what we do for anything. It's there's a lot of passion in what we do, and we love it. And we've met a lot of wonderful people through it, and continue to meet wonderful people. So it's very exciting. Wonderful. Now, of course, I wanted to tell our viewers, um, those who have not been privy to watching an episode of this, of course. Um, can you just maybe explain to them maybe some of the characters themselves and how they play a role in this whole thing? Just kind of give them maybe the backdrop of your story so that we can kind of pull them in as to what they can look forward to watching. Sure, absolutely. Um, and it's it's actually quite interesting because we're kind of going through a recasting again. Um, three of the main characters that we're for sure keeping is uh, Julian Huang, and he's a uh, He's Korean. Uh, he's Asian American. Um, he is a fitness model, and he is probably one of the most beautiful Asian men I have ever laid my eyes on. Wow! He is cut to the core. <laughs> wow! And it's, it's a, yes, and if uh, your viewers or if your listeners want to see him and what a cut, hugely gorgeous Asian <laughs> man looks like, they can visit the Facebook page. I mean, he's he is so toned. He he does not have a six pack. He has like a twelve pack, and wow. he's on a strict diet. But like you said, it's not a diet for him. It's a lifestyle. So he's you know in competitions, national competitions, and he works out every day. And okay. the things that he has, the tips that he gives are so amazing and so interesting. And just like, for example, he was going through um, a producer's refrigerator, and one of the things he came across was Diet Coke. And he said, Diet Coke, you may as well drink regular Coke because Diet Coke makes you thirst for more, whereas one can of regular Coke, it it curbs your craving right there. Wow. Yeah. And I was I was absolutely appalled when I heard that. I couldn't believe it. It's the artificial sweetener that does that in the diet coke. I'm amazed. Wow. In the, in the diet drinks. Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. So okay. <laughs> so an interesting tidbit. Okay. Now Cassandra okay. Krauss is a singer and 
is her love. And uh, she actually moved from Arizona, just recently moved within the last few months to New York City to try and make it because obviously if you can make it in New York City, you can make it anywhere. And, yeah, so she not only has that struggle on top of being Asian American, so we'll see what happens with her. And uh, yes. she does have talent. She's very. She's got a cutesy voice uh, when she talks. She's got a cute dimple. She's gorgeous. And okay. then there's Christine, who is very unique as well. And uh, it's unique to come across uh, female bodybuilders and female fitness models. Um, mm-hmm. She's not only a female bodybuilder and fitness model and a model. You know, she's this petite thing. She's extremely toned, extremely, I mean, she's she's gorgeous too, and very talented, huge, great head on her shoulder, one of the few people that is always on time when, when oh we God, have and that's amazing. That is it amazing, is. and it, I, have to, I have to personally vouch for her because not only are we Facebook friends, but actually we're going to be, she's going to be modeling for one of my fundraising events, and she's a doll. She's absolutely oh, she a wonderful is. person. She's she amazing. Is. I think it's wonderful. Definitely. Yes. Um, and yeah. that speaks to the One caliber of, the best of people. Exactly. Yeah. And when you're talking about yeah. that and when people like myself are like, okay, what's the show and what's this and that, you know, I, I approach her as a person. And now in addition to which the show, it just kind of highlights and emphasizes the fact that you have selected individuals who are good quality people that are going to produce exactly. a good quality product which I mm-hmm. find is very fascinating, of course. Um, I was kind of curious to ask you, for the people that have actually seen it, I mean, what sorts of feedback are you getting from people? And also, you yourself, now I'm looking back on certain things, like if you particularly watch an episode, do you ever say to yourself, boy, maybe we should have done this differently or this differently? Mm, absolutely. We have done that. And, in fact, um, we were so critical of the premiere episode that we took it down and we are going to relaunch. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. Um, oh, my we felt God. like it, it needed to be better polished. We needed to have okay. better footage in there. Um, and, of course, because of the recasting that we're, you know, in the progress of doing right now, we we feel like we we needed to have characters with more going on so that the audience is not bored to death, and so they continue to watch. And the characters that we have who are all real and the real careers that they have, they have heart and they have passion. And I think that the audience and the viewers, they're going to see that when when they see the, the new premiere, when we, we relaunch, which is the goal is August 16th. So okay. that... That is the goal for our relaunching, and it's it's going to be really good. It's going to be way more polished than the first one, and the ed, just the editing, everything, the characters, everything is going to be way better. Okay, I got you. Were you getting any negative feedback from the people that saw it, or, or were they kind of encouraging, yeah. like, yeah, we like this? We, we weren't getting really negative feedback per se. Um, okay. It was more like, it was too short because of the fact that it was, you know, less than 15 minutes. Um, right. And it didn't really, it wasn't, people, the only thing that they wanted was more about each character. So that's kind of what we're okay. doing. We, we've 
kind of reformatted what we're gonna how we're gonna go about this so that because we're gonna give the audience what they want. They wanna know about they wanna know more about each character. And right. you know, personally. That way they can connect with them. So that's exactly what we're doing. Oh, I agree 100%. Relatability, the audience being able to relate to a cast member on any reality show is always pivotal. I found that. If I, do, yeah. if I can't relate to someone, I'm going to be like, no, I, I, I'm not digging this. I don't want to watch it. And that's obviously, as you know, very helpful as it relates to the success of any good show, clearly. Um, I found it interesting, and I guess I should ask you now that with this restructuring, are you yourself going to continue to be a participant in the show, meaning on camera as well as off camera, or have you not made a decision on that yet? I I am not 100% sure. I will probably be on camera very minimal, very minimal mm-hmm. if I am. Um, okay. And it will be only, yeah, it's, I prefer to be behind the scenes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I much That's prefer interesting. being behind, yes. Um, so if I am on a scene, it will be maybe only if it's absolutely necessary, like like with Cassandra. Um, you know, I'm going to be trying to convince my husband, and it really is. It's reality. I am literally trying to convince my husband to work with her. And um, when we, you know, her and I get together, that will have mm-hmm. to be on camera. So... I can't get out of it completely. (laughs) Well, and really you shouldn't, actually. I have to tell my audience that if you look at Sandra, if you actually go to her Facebook page or if you've seen any photos of her, uh, you would be the first one to say, you're absolutely gorgeous. You're stunning. You're a very intelligent woman as well. Oh, definitely. And and I think when you have a dynamic such as that where you have that power package in yourself, um, for my own opinion, if you ask me, I would say definitely on camera. But not everyone is, that's not everyone's forte, and I understand that. It's just, you, yeah. know, you just have this beauty about yourself. So definitely, we'll just give that a little consideration there. Um, I also wanted to ask about uh, what sort of factors did, did you pencil in in terms of when you were determining who you were going to make for the final casting? What kind of things came into play? What were you looking for from these individuals? Well, in the beginning, it was shallow. And I'll be honest with you. In okay. the beginning, it was very shallow. I was looking for looks okay. alone. Sure. I came to find out you can't do that. You can't depend on looks right. alone because a lot of right. them, uh, just they didn't have the full package. They didn't. They might have had the looks, but they didn't have the dedication, the loyalty. They didn't have the understanding of how important it is maybe to be on time, um, how important it is to have something going the communication problems too, um, this, or the scheduling problems. So during the course of casting and recasting, um, you would think that I would have it down to an art, but it has right. been a struggle. Um, and what what I'm looking for, and what I have been looking for, is what do they have going on that that it is going to show how much Asian Americans struggle in the field. What do they have going on in their personal lives, maybe, that influence mm-hmm. their careers as well? And what what kind of personalities do they have on top of how they look? Um, right. It's it's all intertwined, and it's all so important. And how how do they click with me? How do they click with the rest of the cast? Um, right. You know, and it's it's really I found that to be probably the most important thing. How 
how they're able to communicate with each other and with us as the producers and with the director, with the with the videographer, with themselves or their loved ones who are supporting them as well. And when you're not able to, when, and this has been the hardest thing to do is to find those who have the all well-rounded package that we're looking for and that the audience will um, connect with. And it's it's been an interesting road, but and it's been hard, but it has been very rewarding as well. Oh, wonderful. And and that was what one of my biggest questions was, is, of course, when you're casting a show, you not only have to have, like we were saying, the, the relatability factor, but you can't have mm-hmm. someone who's absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. It's hard to buy the concept of what kind of problem would they have, right? So right. I, I think that's probably going to be such a huge, huge challenge for you, which is why I was asking that question, just a little curiosity. Um, the other thing it I is. wanted to mention in case – oh, definitely, and I, and I imagine that's going to continue, of course – um, it, it is. And I know Actually, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was I was just going to say that um some of them like like the men especially uh our society, the American society have emasculated them so much that um I came across one who was cat that um who wanted to be not he was thinking about being in the show but wasn't sure if he really wanted to take the chance and um i can't say what career he does because you know okay. it it's 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 part of the legal career and right he said that he's just at his workplace he's not taken seriously being asian american and even criminals don't take him seriously. And I was appalled and dumbfounded when he told me this. And he felt like this show is really going to open America's eyes on how mm-hmm. badly the stereotypes and how badly the men especially have been emasculated. And it's just, it's amazing, even though he was gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be a problem for his field. Um, right, but but yet his love and passion was for acting, but he just mm-hmm. he couldn't really let himself take the chance. So it, it's it's def, it's definitely interesting the people you come across. Oh, I imagine so, definitely yes. And also for the listening audience, because I'm certain not all of them know this. Um, obviously, your company is Poison Productions, which was established yes. in the year 2010. Um, your specialty is to bring the Asian talent to the forefront of entertainment, which is basically your mission statement. Um, yes. I'm curious that if there are fellow artists out there that are listening who are trying to break out into the entertainment realm, what sorts of uh, avenues would you steer them towards for potential success for them? Um, I would say be very careful who you connect with as far as agents and managers because a lot of them only want to take your money. They only want to take a portion of, and that, and we don't work that way. We don't work on percentage and commissions. Um, mm-hmm. And they want to be careful on who they connect themselves with. They definitely want to, if they're trying to break into the industry, they want to uh, collaborate with, say, uh, Asian American magazines, Asian American programs like 
like Asian American Journal Association, um, Asian Fusion Magazine, um, all these, there's a whole bunch of different uh, groups and, and organizations that they can definitely contact and get in touch with. Um, we're also creating um, an all-Asian American casting in New York, and there may be some in other states. I, I'm not sure, like California, I'm not 100% sure, but they definitely want to look into that as well. And if, they, if there isn't one, make one, create one, because there's a need, a huge need. Oh, definitely. I would agree with that 100%, and I don't know a lot of times that, you know, people understand that. They they take for granted, like myself, I hate to admit it, I'm a reality junkie. I'm a housewife junkie. I watch anything oh, reality television. <laughs> oh, my God. And you know what I find to just be the norm? In today's society, I truly believe that people think, you know, if you have large breasts and your faces are perfect and you have tremendous drama in your life and you fight with women nonstop, you're going to sell, and that's all that there is to right. it. And it's a classification of that's what there is. People don't realize yeah. that things can be on a reality spectrum interesting and intriguing and it doesn't have to have anything to do with how you look how much money you have it's interesting to watch an artist go from one point to another point to another point to watch that mm-hmm. progression is really what i think it should be about it, it, and that's what the show is, is really about too and um it's also for all the people i mean it, this isn't just for the asian american audience this is for all people who love asian things you know asian culture if you like sushi then you have the a style if you like um oriental women if you like going to asia or visiting any of the asian countries you have the a style if you like the different um kimonos if you like you know any any type of the wardrobes you have the a style and that's what we're about and you know it's for a lot of people who have maybe dreamed about going into acting, they can see what it's like. They can exactly. live through our cast members and see, hey, you know, this is the struggles. This is reality. This is what it's all about. And it isn't just about the Asian Americans um, struggling. It's about everybody that's struggling. It's hard to do it in the entertainment field, and people just don't realize how hard it is. That is exactly right. I have said that time and time again. I've been an author for a long time. There's a reason why they call it starving artists. It's like people have yes. an appreciation, but you have to have an immense passion. I think any successful artist of any any venue has to be passionate about what they do and have to want it and have to struggle a lot to be successful, yes. clearly. Passion and I, I drives that. Yep. Yes. And I admire the fact that you're willing to, Well, right, and you're willing to put that on a camera and you're willing to say, here, here are these people look at these individuals, see the, the, see the individual. Don't yes. necessarily look at the fact that they're Asian or this person or this person, although I love that dynamic. I think it comes down to noticing this is a real person, real struggles, same scenario, same thing as you. I think that's just an amazing concept that I think is going to do immeasurably well, in my opinion, um, which I am strongly going to advocate to my audience here. I wanted to mention... Um, the show, when it debuts again, it's going to be on Channel APA. Is that correct? Uh, um, not Channel APA. It's going to be on Poison TV. Okay. I wanted to make sure that I let the audience know this because, of course, once you relaunch, everybody's going to want to be tuning in to the correct channel to see it, of course. Yes. Um, Poison and TV. I'm have, oh, I'm sorry. Okay. And the www.theastyle.com would be your website for your show. I'm assuming that's still that's correct? Yes, okay, correct. gotcha. 
I gotcha. And of course, obviously, if you want to hook up with uh, Facebook uh, links as far as the show goes, we have the A Style TV. And of course, Sandra is also on Facebook as well, Sandra Anderson. And I know for Twitter, uh, I believe your handle is at my poison. And also for the correct. show, we have Very good. oh good, <laughs> and we have the A Style TV, and that would be the link or the Twitter handle, I should say, for your show, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yes. I want to make sure that everybody knows that they have about 8,000 ways to get a hold of Sandra or to contact and get in touch with the show. Um, Please do. Definitely. Oh, definitely. I was going to say that. What will happen is, Sandra, if you want to get a hold of me prior to the actual launch of the show, what we will do is uh, I will be putting it on all my social mediums. I'll be encouraging all my friends and family to be listening or watching it, I should say. And to my audience members, I have to say, give feedback. I think it's always very important when you have a new project that's launching, let her know what you like, let her know what you don't like, let her know how wonderful Absolutely. it is. I certainly will be one of those Good people. Or bad. Definitely so, yes. Sandra, I have to thank you. You've done amazingly well. I have been in awe for the last hour. I am completely <laughs> impressed by you. I, I'm just amazed. I'm impressed. I can't tell my audience enough. I'll be talking about this all evening long. Um, Later on today or tomorrow, I'll be posting up Sandra's information again on my web page in addition to my Facebook page if you want to get hooked, if they want to hook up directly to you, I should say. Um, any other ventures, any Thank other you. projects, anything else you want to tell uh, us about before I let you go? Nothing right now, no. That's, this is quite enough on our plate. <laughs> I was just going to say, with the obviously with the reality show, I should say you have your hands full. But Absolutely. I have to say this has probably been one of the most delightful interviews I've had uh, in the last couple of days. And I appreciate you, you taking so much, the time Cindy. to come and talk to us. Not a problem at all. You have yourself a lovely weekend, and we'll be chatting in the near future. All right. You have a wonderful weekend right. as well. And thank you to right, your here. audience for thank listening. Thank you. Anytime. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, audience, thanks so much for listening. That would be my complete interview with Sandra. And again, tomorrow I will be posting all of her information about her upcoming reality show. Look forward to next week. Uh, I will be posting up on Facebook. Check out who my guest for next week will be, including one of the actresses from the True Blood show. Take care. Have a good weekend.